0: You guys, thank you so much. That was a big chunk of reading to do. You guys did a great job. Really appreciate getting us off to a good start. Before we dive into the text, I wanted to share a little story with you that might help us um, immerse ourselves in the text, if you will. So when we were, I don't know, I guess maybe college age, we spent a lot of time at my buddy Slink's house in his basement just watching movies. We would watch the same movies over and over again. Lots of Indiana Jones, lots of Star Wars, you, lots of, you know, comedies, whatever. And got to the point where we would watch the same movies over and over again. So we would start assigning each other characters in the movie. So on this one particular occasion, we were watching, and this is, there was actually an argument over which movie we were watching. You can ask Gail about that later. Um, there, we were watching, I claim that we were watching Return of the Jedi. And Gail had not yet arrived to the festivities, and so all the good characters got taken, right? Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. I think I may have gotten stuck with Chewbacca. I'm not really sure how that worked out, but Gail shows up, only character left, Jabba the Hutt. Gail is Jabba the Hutt. So the moral, the point of the story, guys, is don't be late. Just get there on time and, and you, could get, you can get a good character. So with that being said, Let's think back about this passage, and I want you to assign yourself a role in this passage. I want you to think about the characters that we just read about, and assign yourself that role based upon the character with whom you resonated. Right, I'm gonna read, I'll I'll talk you through kind of a a description of each character and remind you, and then, you know, it'll be super helpful, um, just put it in the chat. If you're resonating with somebody, Put that. Put that person's name in the chat so we can we can kind of get a feel where everybody's at. No right answer, no wrong answer. We're just going to try to get ourselves into the um, the text a little bit more. So the first character that um, that we come across is a well-to-do businesswoman. I mean, really well-to-do. She's got a huge house. She's got um, she's in the fashion industry, and but she's still like looking for something, she still feels like she's missing something. Is that something you can relate to? Can you relate to Lydia? What about um, what about somebody who just feels like they're held captive by something? Right. Maybe you're in a position where you're struggling with an addiction or there's something that controls you that you just cannot shake, whether it's um, pride or or insecurity or a relationship that's not good for you, something that just holds you captive, that on your own you just cannot shake it, you cannot break free from its clutches. And that would be the slave girl. That poor girl was held captive physically by her literal owners as well as by a demon spiritually. And, I mean, especially given this last week, This, you know, honestly... Um, this might be the one. The next one I resonate with. The um, just with a sense of frustration of people doing like stuff that you don't understand in the name of religion, right? That's what I imagine how the magistrates felt. They were going about their day, and there's this ruckus that these guys have to deal with because Paul and Silas free this poor slave girl from a demon, and in doing so, they take away these people's ability to make money. And so they get angry, they start this ruckus, and they bring them before the magistrates, and the magistrates have to figure out this mess. Maybe, also, again, given our current cultural moment, you're in a position where you just can't see a way out of our situation. We are surrounded by hostility and division and with the pandemic just we are constantly hearing reports of people dying tragically and you can't see a way out. That's got to be what was going through the jailer's mind. right? The jailer was responsible for all those prisoners. The earthquake happens the doors bust open and he's afraid everybody's taken, out, taken off and in his job description it said if you lose a prisoner you lose your life so he was prepared to do that he saw no way out and then finally there's Paul and there's Silas and maybe you're in a spot and I hope and pray that many of you are where you just want to be with Jesus and you want others to be with Jesus with you right so if you haven't put your answer in the chat yet I want you I don't want what you think is the right answer. Right? Okay, Paul, and so that's, that's the answer that I should put in there. I, don't, I want you to try to move beyond that and connect, really connect with one of the people in the passage that we just read. And you know, honestly, there's probably the most accurate answer is one that I didn't even put up there. And that would be that it depends on the day. I might resonate with Lydia one day. I might resonate with the, da- the jailer the next Maybe Paul and Silas could even be even more frequent than that, that i kind of move around minute to minute. Regardless of which person you resonated with, my hope for our time together today is that I might both encourage you and challenge you with this, with this idea that Jesus can shape you into someone who shapes the eternal destiny of others jesus can shape you into someone who shapes the eternal destiny of others and i I hope to bring that to you by showing you these three different things that paul and silas did as we read through that long passage that's Acts 16 i would encourage you to read through it again on your own they stayed on their mission do you remember what their mission was remember what jesus said to the disciples matthew 28 he said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and commanding them to obey everything that I have taught you. Then again, in the first chapter of Acts, he says, go and be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Go and share me with everybody you meet. And that's what they were doing. right? The whole reason they're out on this trip, that they're traveling around the countryside, is to share Jesus. right? They're on their way to church and they're going to church to pray and to worship, but they're also going to share Jesus. And that's where they met Lydia. And it says they, keep go- they go back there day after day after day, and they encounter this slave girl. And even in Paul's annoyance, what does he do? His response is to share Jesus. He frees the girl, and he shares Jesus. As a result, they get thrown in jail. They don't get just thrown in jail. It says they got thrown into the inner cell of the Roman prison. That's the really bad place. That is where they would um, put the most dangerous prisoners, they wanted them the most secure, and it was also kind of like their torture chamber. And even in the midst of that, they're telling people about Jesus. The other prisoners were watching and were listening to them. They were sharing Jesus. Then an earthquake happens, and they're freed from their prison cells, and they're freed from their shackles, and they're freed from their torturers, and they share Jesus. They stayed on their mission. The next thing that they did is that they let God do the heavy lifting. In each one of their encounters, right, with Lydia, with the slave girl, with the jailer, God did, God was responsible for the results. And the part where it talked about Lydia that Ben, that ben read, God opened Lydia's heart. I can't do that. You can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Right? God opened Lydia's heart. In the encounter of the the slave girl, she was freed from a demon. You don't have the power, I don't have the power to handle demons on our own. The demon was cast out in the name of Jesus. And the jailer came to know Jesus because there was an earthquake. Paul and Silas are like heroes of the faith, but they cannot bring about earthquakes. Paul and Silas let God be responsible for the results. They let God do the heavy lifting. And what did they do? They were obedient. We talked about this last week, right, and a little bit in terms of the same thing of staying on mission. They were obedient to what they already knew. They knew it was important to come together and worship with other people. Right? There was not a synagogue in Philippi. The reason there wasn't a synagogue in Philippi was because there weren't enough married Jewish men. There had to be at least 10 married Jewish men in order to, for a synagogue to be formed. So they created a place of prayer, and that's where they went. They, they went to worship, to pray, to be with others. Kind of like we're doing right now. Right? Our, our desire is to physically be together. We can't do that, so we use our technology and we come together as we can, and we worship God. That we're being obedient to that call to gather together. They prayed and they worshipped, right? Think about the, um, the the different settings in which they prayed and they worshipped. They were obedient regardless of their, their circumstances. I can't I can't picture like I had a, like a good time as I was preparing this, thinking about that prayer meeting by the side of a river, just hanging out with other people who wanted to be with Jesus, who wanted to be with each other, by that river in nature. What a like a peaceful, idyllic setting. And they were praying and they were worshiping. And then 10, 12 verses later, they're in a Roman torture chamber and they're praying and they're worshiping. They were obedient to what they already knew to do. And so it wasn't just a, like a, a short-term thing, right? We, we don't really know from the book of Acts how long Silas had been walking with Jesus. What we do know is that Paul, at this point, it had been like 15 years since Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul had been walking with Jesus for a long time. And that brings me to this thought that loving obedience practiced over time in partnership with the Holy Spirit and with others creates godly character, Right, what we see in Paul and Silas is godly character. It's doing, it's, it's staying true to the mission. It's letting God do the heavy lifting. It's being obedient. And the really cool thing about Paul and the really cool thing that we get to see in the Bible is that uh, it, it continues on later into, into Paul's life. Fast forward 10 years, and Paul is in a different Roman jail cell. But this time, this time he is writing to Lydia and to the slave girl and to the jailer. This is in the book of Philippians. You guys, this is like, uh, this should be so exciting and so encouraging and so inspiring when you put these two pieces of text together about Paul planting this church in Philippi and then him later writing this letter. Listen, listen to what he says to them. This is Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you and all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He's talking about Acts 16. right? Ten years later, he's in a different Roman jail cell and he's talking about his time in the riverside. He's talking about how annoyed he got and he, he cast the demon out of that girl. He's talking about that jail cell and he's telling people how much joy he has because he's remembering them, being confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul is still letting God do the heavy lifting. God who began a work in you, right? Paul's not with them. He can't be with them. But God's work is still being done. God is still the one who's responsible for the results, and he's going to carry on that good work to completion. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Paul was reminding them that they are not alone. He was reminding himself that he wasn't alone. They were part of this new family of God. They were together. Even though they were separated by miles, they were together bound by the gospel of Jesus. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul wanted to be with them. It was his preference to be with them. Right? When, when was the last time that you told somebody that you were glad to be with them? Even if you were sitting in the same room with them, you just let them know that you were glad to be with them. Or even more, if you're separated, man, I really enjoy the time that we spend together. I want to be with you two more verses. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And I highlighted your love may abound more and more. Paul was casting a vision for them. He wanted them to know that God had more in store for them. They had more love, of Jesus to experience. They had more to grow, they had more to do, and he was painting that picture for them. So in the first handful of verses in the book of Philippians, we see the demonstration of Paul's godly character over 25 years. 25 years and of like hard ministry. Yeah, there were like great crazy high spiritual highs. But I can't think of anybody else who had more Profound struggles and trials and and suffering for the gospel than Paul did. And in those, he wanted the people to know that even in spite of that, he was happy to be with them, right? In spite of all that stuff, he stayed true to the mission. He let God do the heavy lifting. He practiced obedience over the long haul. And at a at a higher level, we look at not just the content of the letters that Paul wrote most of the the New Testament, but we look at his life and we see the importance of other people. We need our brothers and sisters in Jesus in order to live this life with Jesus. We need people who will remind us of who Jesus is. We need people who will remind us of who we are, especially, especially when we might not be acting like the people that God created us to be. We need people around us who love us and care about us, who care about us enough to hang with us when we may not be that much fun to be around and remind us of who Jesus is and who we were created to be. So I know I shared you, with you guys a, a big idea, and I hope that you do walk away from this and, and remember it. But I also recognize my presumption is is that um, Maybe there's like a little subtopic or something that, that jumped out at you, and I want to give us a chance to just stop and think, just to stop and be with God and think about what it is that God might be saying to you about these chunk of verses from Acts chapter 16. I'll give you four questions to help you think, and I'm actually going to even give you the responses Right? I'm not going to obviously I can't give you the details, but um, as you think through these things, I would love it if you would um, share it with everybody in the chat as to you know where where you're coming from, what you think God is saying to you. Um, even even if I know there are some of you who are faithful attenders to our online services, um, but you don't uh, you don't participate, you haven't participated in the chat yet. man, I would really encourage you just to um, maybe, take a step out, a little courageous step out, and, and answer one of these questions. And that's my intent, is that one of these questions is probably going to jump out to you more than another, and that you would answer, that you might answer one of them. So here we go as we talk through these. The first one. Um, this has been so much on my heart, and I've had several conversations over the last, I don't know, a couple weeks, about this idea of sharing Jesus. And um that that's, that's our mission. So uh, in the next couple weeks, even as we look ahead to um, Acts chapter 17, we're going to do two more weeks on what it is to share Jesus and to tell people about Jesus um, with our words and with our, and with our lives. So in that vein, um, when was the last time that you shared Jesus with someone? when is the next time that you might have that opportunity, right? And I think that second question is is equally important, right? So we can kind of be thinking about that, and we're not taken by surprise, and we might um, be able to have a, a response. So if that's you, if that's what you're resonating with, I just want you to drop the word sharing in the, in the chat. And I'm going to give you some time at the end of this to think through these, right? We're going to, like, I'm just explaining these right now, but there will be like a, Two and a half, three minutes for you to think through these. So don't feel like you have to have to jump into this right away. So we all have stuff. I say that frequently, right? We all have these things that we carry around with us. Some of them are really hard. Some of them are really heavy. How are you doing at allowing God to do the heavy lifting? The things of your past, the things of your present, the things of your future, other people in your lives, your circumstances are you trying to do God's job are you trying to be the one responsible for results are you letting him do that if that's where you're at right now just drop the word lifting in the chat so you guys as a community man I I could not be more proud of the way that that we have kind of weathered the last 10 months you guys have like you been participating in our services, when we've been able to do stuff outside and be together physically, you've shown up, people are praying, you guys are, are giving generously and, and sacrificially, and in so many ways, like as a community, we're tracking. And that's awesome. As individuals, we might not all be tracking in all of those areas at the same time, right? And the things that we already know we're supposed to be doing. So, in what ways are you being obedient to what you already know? In what ways are you being disobedient? And you're just going to drop the word obedience in the chat if that's the question that's jumping out to you. Last one. Just like Paul was trying to communicate in his letter to Philippians, just like he and Silas were to each other, and Timothy and Luke, and Paul was to Lydia and the slave girl, and the jailer, and Lydia's family, and the jailer's family, we need other people in our lives. We need other people to point us towards Jesus, and we need other people to remind us that Jesus is still there. Do you have people in your life who are um, helping you come to know and grow in Jesus? If that's you, just go ahead and drop the word others in the chat. So I realize that some of this stuff may be like stirring things inside of you, and some of it might be hard. You might want to talk to somebody. You might want to pray with somebody. So there's going to be a link that pops up in the chat, and if that's, if that's where you're at, just let us know, and it's going um, to come right to my phone, and me, I will make sure that myself or one of the other elders or leaders gets right in touch with you, and we can pray with you right now, or we can set up a time to pray at, at a later point. So um, you guys, I am just going to like we're going to have some music in the background. We're going to let those slides run and just give you some time to be and think about those questions.